Welcome LALCC and friends. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Meredith. This is Living the Abundant uh, broadcast. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Meredith. I'm happy to see you all and happy that you decided to tune in today. And I hope and pray that I will say something that would help you live the abundant life. Well, uh, last time we met, we talked about looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And and we talked about different aspects of that. But one aspect we talked about how when we walk with the Lord, we have a relation, relationship with him. He develops our faith. But one of the things he does for us when he while he's developing us, he'll reveal to us his plan. Now, in Ephesians chapter one, it talks about that the eyes of your understanding, that it may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the glorious riches uh, inheritance of his riches, of his glory amongst the saints. In other words, God has called you to do something specifically. He'll reveal to you what he's called you to do, and he also re will reveal to you uh, what he has laid up, the inheritance that he has laid up for you here on the earth. In other words, his prosperity for you. He knows what you like. You don't have to wait to heaven to get your mansion and all the different things. God has different things in store for you now. And I think it's quite interesting if we look in the word of God, where oftentimes a person's assignment from God is tied to their prosperity. They go hand in hand. Um, we, we really look at the life of Jacob. And as we studied the life of Jacob, we saw two major things uh, from, from the study of his life. The first thing we saw was God prospered him greatly. But second thing God did for him was really protect him. I mean, he had divine protection, even when it was things, even when it was his fault or his children's fault. God still protected him. Why? Because he had a covenant. And as long as Jacob kept his eyes on God, kept focus on God, focusing on God, God was able to talk to him, speak to him through dreams, and give him direction. However, when Joseph, I'm sorry, when Jacob lost faith, in other words, when he believed the lie, now it was pretty convincing evidence that Joseph, his son, was dead, he lost faith in God. In fact, the word of God says he'll go down to his, he said, Jacob said that he would go down to his grave mourning over Joseph. But remember, he had a divine promise from God saying that God said that I will protect you. That means not only him, but his children. All right. But I thought it was interesting. You know, God, thank God for his grace and mercy. The word of God says later on at the end of chapter 45 in Genesis, the word of God says that when Joe, Jacob heard that Joseph was alive and he believed he saw the Egyptian chariots, the word of God says his strength, his spirit was renewed. It was revived. At that point, he began to hear, I'm sorry, began to see and dream dreams again. God began to speak to him through dreams. Why? Because he believed, began believing in God. And so we talked about that last uh, time we met. Now, we want to continue along that same, those same lines, looking unto Jesus, but we're going to come from a different perspective today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 27. While you're turning there, I'm going to uh, give you the backdrop. At this point, Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000. At that point, he sent the multitude away. He sent his disciples away, and he, he was alone in the mountains to pray. After he finished praying, the word of God says that he walked on the water. Now, 
as he was walking on the water, it was the word of God said it was the fourth hour, the fourth watch of the night. While he was walking on the water, the disciples saw him and they were afraid. The word of God said they thought it was a spirit or they thought it was a ghost. Can you imagine 12 grown men in a boat seeing some type of figure walking on the water? It was pretty, pretty, it was pretty scary. But the word of God says, and this is where we start our reading. This was Jesus' response. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And when Jesus got out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, he, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Now, let's go back. Remember, Jesus, we're talking about looking unto Jesus, all right? Part two. Jesus was walking on the water. Now, think about this for a moment. It was wild pandemonium. Can you imagine once again, 12 grown men in a boat seeing a, a, a figure walk on the water? You talking about something fearful, 12 grown men. They were very afraid. And they even began to speak on their fear saying, it's, it's, it's a ghost, it's a spirit or whatever, okay? But the word of God says, immediately Jesus spoke and said, be of good cheer. It is I. He gave the commandment, do not be afraid. So what do you tell them? Be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. It's I. They could have been, it could have been, I am that I am. The point is he gave them a salutation and he also gave them a commandment right there. Now, this was powerful. This was very powerful. Now, this brings me to my first point. It prompted Jesus, I'm sorry, it prompted Peter, rather, to ask him a question. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. Now, let's look at this for a moment. God will prepare you to do the impossible suddenly. Once again, this is my first point. God will prepare you to do the impossible suddenly. Why was Peter able to ask the question, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come? Because he heard the word of God, which says, he heard Jesus say, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. It is from those words. Now, now once again, remember, fear is reigning. Fear is reigning. All of a sudden, the Lord knows how to calm your situation. He knows how to how to how to comfort your heart. And when he did that for Peter, Peter latched hold on, hold, held on to that word. And the word of God says he asked a question. If it's you, bid me to come. Once again, God will prepare you to do the impossible suddenly. What has God called you to do? Be prepared. Your life may be this way today. Think about Joseph. One day he was in prison. The next day he was second in command. You don't know what impossible thing God's preparing you for. 
But when you hear the word, like Peter did, be a good cheer, it is, that is what prompted him to do the impossible. I'm reminded, um, I never forget, it was, it was uh, September 10th, uh, 2015. I was in my daily routine of, of prayer during the, and I pray in the morning, pray and communing with God, reading the scriptures, things of that nature. And I never forget, I was uh, reading the word of God and all of a sudden my jaws locked. Now, that's really never happened to me before. I said, okay, God, what's going on here? What's wrong? So I went backwards and read, and I got to that one point, it locked. I said, okay, God, this is you. You must want me to read. There must be something I'm missing here. I read it, and finally, you know what? I'm like, I asked the question. I said, God, what, what is this? What are you trying to show me? I don't see it. And that's when the Holy Spirit began to ask, to tell me about, it's time for you to start your church. So, I'm so okay, God, you want me to start the church now? Okay, now, now, let me tell you this. It was six months earlier that he told me that I'll be pastoring soon. But I told the story before. I thought soon was relative. I took it as being relative. That could have been five years. So I was not expecting that September 10th, 2015. The only reason why I really remember that date is because it was my son's birthday. But anyway, uh, he told me, okay, it's time for you to start the ministry. It's time, it's time for you to start the church. And so... Um, I said, okay, God, uh, you want me to start the first of the year? He said, no, I want you to start the first Sunday in October. Now, wait a minute. That gives me three weeks. And so in three weeks, we have to go from nothing to starting the church. That means getting everything in order from the federal government and things and what have you, the state and all these different things. That was an impossible situation, but why was I able to do it? Because I heard a word from the Lord. And it was one of those situations where it had to happen quickly. All right. Once again, God will prepare you to do the impossible. He will prepare you to do the impossible suddenly. All right. So this brings me to my next point. How was Peter able to walk on water? Now, I realize, no, that this was a, a sudden, suddenly, sudden thing that happened to him, which was an impossible feat, but God called him to do it. But what was, what enabled him to walk on the water? Well, we are realizing, no, that as long as he was watching Jesus, the power of God held him up. When God asks you to do that impossible thing, or, or it may be a dream, whatever, it's going to be the power of God that's going to hold you up. You won't, you may not have the education, the background, or the experience. Only thing you know in your heart, you're supposed to do this, whatever that is. It's going to be the power of God. You're going to do this under the power of God. Our mind of remember Mary, the mother of Jesus? She never she didn't know a man. She didn't know anything about being pregnant. She didn't know anything about any of those things. But the word God said was the Holy Spirit. That, that enabled her, that quickened that seed to be in her. About it. She never done that before. It was a supernatural thing. And God blessed her to be able to do and fulfill her purpose. My whole point is this. God will call you to do some things where you don't know what you're doing. And that's the whole point. God's going to get glory out of it because you're going to depend on him every step of the way. You know, Once again, you don't have the education, you don't have the background, you have no experience. You don't even know anyone to know anything about this. But God is going to call you to do it because he knows at the end of the day, you're going to trust him. It's the power of God that's going to hold you up. 
Now, reminded when I was uh, probably about a, a month ago, I was at a, a church and I was at this anniversary. Uh, it was an anniversary for this particular person, a great man of God. But anyway, while I was there, the praise team, they sung this song. And the song really blessed me because I hadn't heard that song in decades. I mean, I was a little boy when I remember that song. And it goes like this. It is the power of God that keeps on holding me up, holding me up. Holding me up, it is the power of God that keeps on holding me up, keeps on holding me up. Man, that song blessed me, and that's a powerful song. Listen, you're going throughout your day when you look like you're in an impossible situation, especially during the pandemic that we're in. It's the power of God that's going to hold you up. It is the power of God that will bless you to work on your job, regardless if a thousand people get infected on your left or to your right, uh, everybody all around, it will not come near to you. Why? Because it is the power of God that's going to hold you up in your situation. Amen? All right. It's the power of God that will hold you up because you're doing what God has called you to do. Bless his holy name. Now, this brings me to my next point. What impossible situation, once again, has God asked you to do? Is it a dream of vision from your past? You know, when we're younger and we have these visions, these dreams of God, we're excited about it. But we're not careful. Life will beat us down. We don't even believe anymore that we can do it. No, go back and med start meditating on those dreams. Ask God about those dreams. You're not supposed to know how to do it. Yes, you may look like you're further away than you were have ever been. But God knows how to prepare you. He's the author and finisher or developer of your faith. Look to Jesus. He will help you do it. You're not supposed to know how to, but you have to understand this. God is already preparing you without you even knowing it. God is a master of preparing us for our future without us even knowing it. You know, uh, and sometimes it's, after he's called us to do something, we get to working or whatever that thing is, we look back on our, our lives and say, you know what, that's the reason why I had to go through that because I, it prepared me for this or that or whatever, okay? So once again, go back and, and reflect on those impossible things, those things that God called you to do. Meditate on them and God will give you direction regarding what you should do. Maybe you should lay, wait a little longer. Maybe it's, it's time to enact them now, but whatever it is, be led by the Spirit. Don't jump ahead of God, but follow God, okay? He'll tell you exactly what to do, when to do, and how to do it. Now, let's get to this next point. Word of God says, when Jesus saw those, I'm sorry, when Peter saw the strong winds, when he took his focus off Jesus, when he looked at the strong winds, he began to sink. You all in life, we got to be very careful. First of all, let me say this. The enemy is a master of distractions. He is a master of distractions. He will get anything to compete for your attention, wave at you. Hey, hey, look at me, look at me. Because he's trying to get your eyes, keep get your eyes off Jesus. He's trying to get you to look elsewhere. But you're the one who has the power. Stay focused on the Lord. You know, a lot of times we got to be careful. We can have seven great things that happen in a day, but we'll focus on the three bad things. You know, I heard a pastor say one time, he said, you know, you have 100 members. 
You have five members that's just acting crazy. But you know what? You will focus on those five members and forget the 95 members who love you, who love you, and that's really working hard for you. You know, you, we have to get to the point. You have to get those people who are not for us. You know, don't get me wrong. You pray for them, but you got to keep it moving. Keep it moving. It's the power of God that's going to hold you up as long as you keep focusing on Jesus. Avoid all distractions, okay? We walk in love with everybody, but avoid all distractions, all right? Let's look at my last point. We know that, once again, Jesus, I'm sorry, Peter began to sink. But you know what? Peter was smart. He said, Lord, save me. And you know what? The Lord God reached his hand out to pull him up to save him. One thing about it, even sometimes God may have called you to do something, and you may have made some terrible mistakes. And you began to sink. You know what? You got distracted. You know, you, you, you start looking at the finances or you start looking at what that person said or what that person is doing. You start looking at all these opposition that's coming against you. And you're not careful. You'll begin to sink down into their way of thinking. You'll begin to believe what they say. You'll begin to operate like them because you feel you, you'll begin to operate in that world system. Let me say it that way versus the Lord's system. Repent, get back to the Lord asking the Savior and help you, he will pull you back up. And just like those, you know, we opened up, we talked about how the word of God says that they were afraid. But when Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. The Lord will speak some encouraging words to you that will build you back up and get your thinking right. He knows how to do it. Remember, the Lord has invested you. He's the invested in you. You're the, he's the author and finisher of your faith or developer of your faith. He knows what you, well, he knows what he's doing. Sometimes we all, we have to learn how to trust God with us. Sometimes we look at ourselves and our weakness too much. No, forget about your weakness. Keep your eyes on God. God knows what he's doing. He called you to do whatever it is he called you to do. He knew the mistakes you were going to make. It's okay. You get back up. You, you make right choices. You do better next time. But stay focused on the Lord. He will save you and pull you up. You know, remember this. We walk in the light as he is in the light. You just say that to yourself. You may be in this, this dark despair moments or you may, the enemy may try to beat you down with, with condemnation, whatever. No, you need to say to yourself, you know what? I'm the, I'm the righteousness of God and I walk in the light as he is in the light. No, 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 no matter what you did or what they said, whatever. I walk in the light as he is in the light. I'm the righteousness of God. You need to repeat those words over and over and over and over again. The Lord knows how to pull you out of any situation like he did Peter and get you right back in the boat and get you back on safe street. Okay, The Lord knows how to do that. So we have to make sure that uh, when trouble comes or even if we mess up, just like jo Jacob and his sons messed up, Sometimes you may mess up, but guess what? Repent before God. You may repent before anyone else. If it was another individual, get back up and 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 walk. Continue walking on the water. Continue doing the impossible. God loves you. He has a great plan for you. He has great plans up in store for you. Walk on the water, but look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of your faith. Give God a hand clap of praise.